Hello, this is Culture Bites coming to you from the National News in Abu Dhabi. I'm Inas Rifai. And I'm Farah Andrews. Today we have a lot to talk about. Number one, we're going to talk about what's been going on in the Middle East because I think it's impossible for us to do this episode without discussing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Number two, we have a new sci-fi documentary which is depicting life between Israel and Palestine. Yep. And we're also going to be bringing you a list of things to do around the UAE in the coming days. Thank you for joining. So I think, first of all, um, we we had a, like quite a lot of discussions over here back mm-hmm. back from the cameras. Backstage. What, yeah, back, off mic. Off mic. <laughs> off mic about, you know, the impact. We both work in a newsroom. This is coming to you from a newsroom. And we actually wrote down a bit of a disclaimer today to start the episode mm-hmm. with. Yeah. I felt like, um, we all felt like it was mm-hmm. just kind of, it kind of summed it up a bit better than maybe us just being off the cuff. It's not something we want. It's definitely not something we're going to joke about. And it's not something that we want to kind of riff and mess around with. Yeah. So this is the disclaimer. We've been following and covering news out of the Middle East this week. And we know that many of you have been following it too. And probably are concerned about family, friends and loved ones in the affected countries and regions. We'll continue to monitor the situation and want to tell you that if you're looking for more context and coverage from the region, please do visit the National News website and listen to our Beyond the Headlines podcast for more explainers on the conflict. We at Culture Bites felt that that we needed to be a part of this coverage, but in a different way. Our goal is to shed more light on the arts and culture scene in the region, and a lot of it has been shaped by conflicts across history. But there was never a time when this region stopped creating and producing art. That's why today's episode will be a little bit different in our format and maybe tone and giving more space to conversations about how art can bring people together, even in difficult times. I think that's like a really important thing for me because that's how art and culture is. It just does. It does transcend all borders and everything else. Like I always turn towards art and culture to guide me through difficult situations. 100% is where... People, even in the darkest days, are the most creative and they can produce the some of the most beautiful things through true obscurity and difficulty, which is not a positive from these mm-hmm. situations, but it is something to kind of hold on to. Yeah, I think like I often think back to, you know, even what we discussed, actually, we discussed Picasso in our very first episode. And, <laughs> you know, like years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like years ago. We're such a family now. But um, I think like, you know, Artists like Picasso really did depict like the civil war in Spain and what was going on. And I think that there's there's so much crossover. I think for me, you know, I'm a journalist. That is my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is like it's it's been really difficult. But I really want to thank all my friends um, that have been reaching out and just, you know, and I think that's one thing that we should all be doing is just reaching out to each other, especially, especially those who work in the media, um, because it is a really tough time. Yeah, for sure. And kind of having conversations honest conversations, real conversations about what's going on and what you know of it, what you understand about it and acknowledging what you don't understand about it. No yeah. one no one knows everything. We aren't walking Wikipedias and no. people can get things wrong as mm-hmm. we have seen a lot with celebrities recently. But it's not just you, people don't need to be pulled apart if they're willing to kind of understand mm. and learn and kind of just get a better understanding yeah. of situations with very importantly perspectives from both sides a hundred percent um i was just um looking over my instagram feed recently and a really cool like group organization called al mm-hmm. um i don't know if you've heard of it have you uh, heard of it yeah we've yeah. spoken about it oh amazing 
Have we? <laughs> we have. <laughs> oh, I have the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> um, but anyway, they have like, they organize lots of chats and talks around the Arab world. Um, and they're actually, they're going to be talking uh, in Abu Dhabi next week. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're here in Abu Dhabi next week. But they've got a book list, which is out on their Instagram page, just like detailing lots of different books that you can pick up and read if you want to learn more about history. Yeah. And being able to kind of dip into these reading lists, like it's not university studies. It's not like a kind of biography that we're kind of setting as homework for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Go and pick up these seven books and learn a little bit. But being able to encourage people to pick up a book and learn a little bit is important. It's something that both you and I have done in the past. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I don't know if you know this, but I went to SOAS. How's that come up on every single episode? Probably. (laughs) Can we start like a SOAS ding? Okay, so moving on, we actually were going to talk about um, the Amman Film Festival, which happened earlier this summer. Yeah, it took place in August. It was the fourth Amman Film Festival. And one of our amazing reporters, Razmik, was there and he did phenomenal coverage from the film festival. He was interviewing directors and filmmakers and actors and it. I mean, I was very, very jealous. He looked like he had an absolutely wonderful time in the film festival. I'm and really I wanted jealous. To be like, there. I really wanted to be there. <laughs> I look back. So I, I have this like, if, if, I mean, is it a habit? It's probably a little bit of a habit. But like looking at film festivals, I go online and then I do my research and I see which films have been doing really well in especially like foreign films in different like yeah. niche film festivals around the, around the world. Um, and the Amman one, one really popped out um, from this year, which is a sci-fi documentary as described it which was a weird way to describe it which is a new genre to me I <laughs> didn't even know that was possible but the more I've re- so the film's called Lid and the more I've read about this film well we've now both watched it but before we watched it um yeah reading about the kind of very premise of a sci-fi documentary like how 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 can it be <laughs> I was quite confused on how they were going to make this happen but it's basically documentary mixed with animation yeah. and it's <clears> all about Lid or Lud which is an area uh, in uh, Israel-Palestine. Yeah, so it was Lid was a Palestinian town, and it is now called Lod, which yeah. is a town in Israel. And yeah. it talks to... So it has... The f- documentary has footage from um, talking to Israeli soldiers, which is archival footage, and it also speaks to a lot of people who both still live in Lod. And families that left Lid and have kind of looking back at their time mm. and kind of their memories. And speaking like these they people for kind of three generations on who still see themselves as people from Lid. And they, when they're asked about their identity, that's where they're from. And they mm. kind of like ache to get back. Yeah. I mean, the mixing with the animation, which is where the sci-fi bit comes in, yeah. is like kind of like a reimagining of the place. The The... You know, the premise of the film, it's uh, made by a uh, American Jewish uh, filmmaker, Sarah Emma Friedland, also a Palestinian, Rami Yunus. Yeah. So it's like it, it does cross the barriers um, and stuff like that. And I thought it was, you know, it's really emotional. I just straight away sent it to all my friends. Yeah. They, so the the film, they started, the Friedland and Yunus, they met and they started making a documentary and they, that was kind of the path that they went on. Mm. Or it was originally just going to be an art project, then it became a documentary. And then at Cannes Film Festival, they said it kind of got, it kind of took on a new life and it became oh, wow. this new project. And that's where they brought the animation in. And the animation 
is hard to sum up, but in a nutshell, the animation is kind of a alternate reality, which kind of where we go mm. in our sci-fi realm. It's kind of like they kind of talk about the idea that there are like multiple timelines yeah, at the same and time. universes. And which they, I quite believe this. Yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> and the kind of animated reality uses the same people that we see in the film, in the documentary. Mm. Those They aren't characters. They are real people. And it just explores what their life would have been like without the Nakba. I do. I did like the way they kind of animated these characters. So they introduced them as as in the documentary as like figures that they're following around. Yeah. And then suddenly you see them animated. I loved that so much. It was so much fun. And I think they must have got the people to do their voices. And they kind of, they're, they're there, they're very present. And can you imagine how emotional that must have been for the people if they are lending mm. their voices to kind of this alternative, alternate reality, reality that is there. Um, I loved it. it di- I didn't cotton on to it absolutely immediately. The um, 80-year-old sculptor, who, mm. when I saw him, I was like, hey, he looks a lot like the sculpture we just spoke to. And I was like, oh, Barra, don't be this dumb. These are these people. And I loved it. I like I liked that an awful lot. Yeah, I thought also what they did really well is like interject like a, like actually quite a bit of humour into a really yeah. difficult situation. Like there were times where I giggled and laughed and I felt like I was sitting in a room with the characters. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think like, it was really informative, interesting, but great conversation. It's an, I, um, the film is currently being shown at film festivals around the world. I know that there's screenings in the UK in the next couple of weeks. Mm. Um, we, in the show notes, can put up maybe a direction to the um, film's website, which has kind of a list of where the film's being shown, which is super important. Yeah. And I definitely recommend it as one to watch. It's not an easy watch. Like, that's straight up. I think, I think anything coming out of that region is no. difficult. And there are like yeah, we laughed. There were points in it when I definitely cried. And it's but it's an important watch. And I think now more than ever, there were some lines that like resonated so much of the kind of like um the teacher when she says we don't want a second Nakba. And that was recorded in um twenty twenty two or early late twenty twenty one. And then that like those lines are like as pertinent today mm. as they ever have been. But yeah, it's an it's a great film and the kind of reimagining in just pure peace is with every every religion both living together hope you want to have that hope you have to have that hope right we don't have man today sorry there's no drum roll (laughs) we can't do a drum roll without man our man about Dan is literally being a man about Dan (laughs) he's off on holiday he's off and he's away this week but we did have a little look through what was happening in the UAE and we thought we'd give you a rundown We've tried to scrape together some diary dates without our man with the diary dates. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got um, number one is there's a Abu Dhabi Poetry Festival, which is coming to Abu Dhabi. It's a four day event and it's going to take place from Thursday, the 15th of October. Uh, poetry, huge in the Middle East. And I mean, huge, huge in the Middle East with such beautiful kind of emotions and reflections being shared. Uh, are you going to go? Yeah, well, I really hope to. I, I don't know if I'm in the country, but I really hope to. There's a thousand poets are coming along from the region as well as internationally. So it's kicking off today and it runs until the 15th, I think. Yeah, and it's been hailed as the largest celebration of Arab poetry. I love that. Yeah. I wonder how they would do it for people who don't speak Arabic. But as an Arabic speaker, I think it's always good to, you know, force yourself to read Arabic and listen to Arabic because I think it's quite easy for me sometimes to not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my language is a really, really po- important part of my identity. Yeah. So anything that celebrates that language, I'm really keen to go and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, second on the list, yep. we've got the Arab Cinema Week, which has already started. We're a bit late to it. No, it's okay. We're coming in halfway. <laughs> halfway. Halfway. And this is in that avenue that you keep talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is in that place. That place Al- that people keep talking about in Dubai. That arty place is kind of great. Um, Al Sakal <laughs> Avenue, yeah. It's called Cinema Akil. Um, Al Sakal, I need to know. You, when we eventually get you out of Abu Dhabi and down to Dubai... We will get you to Al Sakar. I'm very reluctant to leave Abu Dhabi. <laughs> and you will absolutely love cinema here. I'm going to describe it for you. Okay. Vintage old feel cinema. Love old Red films. velvet curtains is yes. what I'm talking here. We're talking like big posters with kind of like the layers and layers and layers of posters oh. of like vintage Arab films. Love. Love it. They sell karak as you go in, get karak and popcorn. Oh. What a duo. And then you go into the cinema and it's um, not like row seating. It's like big comfy sofas. No. It's so nice. I love that. That's like in, in England. I think was it the Curzon? There were a couple of cinemas that started doing that in the UK. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. Why do we sit on those horrible chairs I mean big shout out to real cinemas and Vox cinemas in Dubai those chairs are not horrible they are <laughs> lush <laughs> I clearly have I don't think I've been to the cinema cinema in I got this here. country has ruined cinema internationally because okay. I've got no interest in basically sitting in an aeroplane chair ever again in a cinema <laughs> I'm going business class <laughs> It's lovely. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, everything in this country is just an upgrade for me. Um, but no, I'll definitely um, go and check out the cinema. There are a lot lush. of amazing films on okay. the roster. So a few that I've kind of pulled out are Dirty, Difficult, Dangerous, which is a drama comedy by Wissam Sharaf. And that's about like Syria and Lebanon and the kind of mm. life there. But it's a, it's a drama. Nice. Um, and another piece called In the Fields of Words is a documentary by Rani Estefan. There's one film that I thought maybe you and I could go and catch. It's showing on Sunday the 15th and it is called Heroic Bodies. Ooh. It's a documentary by a filmmaker called Sarah Suleiman and it is about the women's movement in Sudan, which is a topic I don't know anywhere near enough about. Yeah, I definitely don't know about it. But we can go and catch that film. It's on, yeah, it's on on Sunday. It's showing at 4.45. This is what I really love about living here in the UAE. Maybe I'm going to say this in every episode, but it's just like, it's is like the fact, theme. <laughs> it's just, it's just about the fact that that kind of thing is really accessible. Yeah. Like I remember living in London and wanting to see like a Lebanese film and I have to go to like the French Institute or, you know, you trek across town to find a niche place that would be showing it. And you want to see it and there's like one film showing every kind of 60 days. Here you've got like, there's an abundance of it. We're spoiled. There are different films mm. that we can see reflecting every like asset of this region kind of mm. being shown mm. constantly. And there's so many like really interesting um documentaries and films, dramas that are coming out of the region at the moment. So yeah, yeah definitely, if you have got the time, uh, get yourself to Cinema Akhil. Yes, in Azlaka Avenue. You can <laughs> learn you. it. And then one last thing that I wanted to mention. Um, we are obviously in the run-up to COP28 here in the UAE. And there's a lot, an awful lot of focus on kind of artworks that have got a kind of message about climate change and being more climate conscious. And so there's an exhibition coming up at NYU AD, so another Abu Dhabi exhibition that um, actually started this week, but is running until January 2024. So we have got heaps of time for people to go check that out. Um, And it's entitled Blaine de Saint-Croix Horizon. Sorry if I've butchered that much. <laughs> I might have. Um, but it's um, it's a kind of semi-scientific kind of exploration of landscapes affected by climate change. It's like multimedia. There are um, there's sculpture, there's drawings, there's visual arts. It's um, it looks like it's a pretty cool exhibition that's kind of got a message about climate change, which is super, super, super important. Ah, 
That sounds really interesting. I like as well, Abu Dhabi. So like I it's just easier. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. Some people don't want to commute for their art, and that is coming off from me yesterday. <laughs> I've been in my car a lot recently. I quite like to yeah, keep I mean, it local. Keeping it local is important, but it's also important that there's like lots of things happening all over the UAE, which is things that are very accessible for everyone to go to. Yeah. Oh, there's one other thing we haven't mentioned. Robbie no. Williams, he's coming to Etihad <gasps> on the 18th, right? Is it Etihad or, the, or is it Coca-Cola? It's Etihad, yeah. I'm looking at Phil Lagoda. Tell me I'm right. <laughs> that is big. Yeah, massive. He's a huge star over in the UK. Um, I'm going to say global. I'm going to say global. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Little, little, little Farah was very, very, very big. Take that fan. Really? <laughs> and my favourite was Robbie. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> it's a real curveball. I know everyone's so shocked. <laughs> oh, the pop does not die. <laughs> pop started young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't say I was a take that fan. I I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't my. I mean, Spice Girls was something else. You could still become a take that fan. There's no. Yeah, yet. there's nothing. Is he in take that anymore? No. no, no. They tour separately now. There was like a little moment when they kind of came, but no, he's not. He left. It was very dramatic. The, the UK set up like a helpline for <laughs> young women to phone into. That was like a real big moment in like nineties pop news. Not me. I was too young. I don't want to age myself on this. I am still youth. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I do find like the UK sometimes the tabloid reaction to these things, these things like just outrageous, outrageous, but also sometimes like more fun than the actual news story. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and we promise to have lots of stories next week. And if you like this episode, please remember to like and subscribe and share with all your friends and family. See you next week. Bye.